In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. everyone welcome back to part two of our discussion on face off we drop back in as we're finding out if sean archer will in fact get this face transplant surgery and just how involved it may be enjoy the second part of our conversation on face off now in the context of this pitch what we learn from dr malcolm walsh is that um, apparently this face transplant is, quote, completely reversible. (laughs) That is the wildest part about it all. Um, And he goes on to say, I mean, I guess you'll say it, but like he's they're calling it a face transplant. But then they also talk about like basically switching their entire bodies, too. They have to because how does that work? Well, because they have to make... They definitely gloss over right, this. Right, because it's one thing to, to even say, I'm going to take this face of one person and put it on another person, and that's going to make them look like the first person. That already, as we said at the top, isn't how it works. Yeah, um, that's already asking a lot of suspension of disbelief. Right, because like, and I think they maybe sort of, I can't remember now, but I think they sort of say this like, they also have to, like, you know, like, um, change the bone structure underneath the face. Well, they have, they have, like, this, that weird, like, clear plastic, like, oh, yeah. face. <laughs> uh, face. Uh, what would you call mold? it? Mold? Is it a mold? Like a, yeah, yeah, like a mold. So that I think we're supposed to imagine that's the shape of Nicolas Cage's face, right? And they're going to put that on the goo of his not face and put that the skin over that mold so that's what makes it have the same bone structure question mark i guess i don't know um i don't know either but to go back to what you originally said so like even if even if the face could be changed um yeah then it is this question of we need to change the bodies as well because Nick Cage is a bit thinner than John Travolta, has a different body shape mm-hmm. than John Travolta. So, like, if you, if you, I can't imagine how you might react if you see, like, your dead brother, who you think to be dead, you see mm-hmm. his face on someone else's body. On another body. What your reaction would be to that. <laughs> like, that is a true Frankenstein nightmare situation. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Absolutely. And the thing is, is like, 
a person might say, well, under different circumstances, we could maybe let some time pass and then that would explain why the body isn't the same, right? Like, sure, he's gotten a bit older, he's filled out, who knows? Like, but right. they have to figure out when this bomb is going off because they know there's like time is ticking down. So like they don't have the time to do that. Right. So they do say that like they've liposuctioned John Travolta's body to like make him look thinner and stuff. Like the whole but, thing is just. But he also it also they're saying they're taking away his he's talking about his scar. Right. And he's very adamant that like he wants his scar back when the thing's over. And they're like, we can do that. Um Yeah. And so that means that's supposing that they're like also doing some other type of change. Like because just liposuction wouldn't take away your scar. Right. No, I know. And, like, and I feel like what I'd imagine you would do to like get your scar back is they'd be like Let's just take an ice cream scoop, scoop out around the scar, save that in the big face scoop where we keep all of our other body parts, and then we'll just plunk it back onto you when you're back I guess. in your own body or whatever. I have no idea. Um, I mean, like, like, it really just, they don't, they say, they go over it so quickly and just, like, make it seem... Like, you don't have time to question it. No, and, and that's fair enough, but it is yeah, just shocking. Um, yeah. And this is also when we start a whole sequence of events that I'm just going to call the chest hair chronicles. Um, oh, my God. Because, like, Nick Cage's comatose body is laying there shirtless, and I was just like, that is so much <laughs> chest hair coming off of that It is person. a lot. Um, so then... Archer refuses at first. He's like, I'm I'm definitely not doing this. I can get information the old-fashioned way, which is beating people to a pulp to get information. So um, he, he, we cut back to the FBI office where Archer is questioning um, Gina Gershon and mm -hmm. um, her, her brother, that bald guy, um... Oh, I guess that's the guy who's played by Nick Cassavetes. Um, oh. And uh, it, it intriguingly, Archer knows about this son of hers because he kind of like mildly threatens the kid or something. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. And then I forget exactly how it's revealed, um, but, oh, I guess it's, yeah, I think it's Gina Gershon's brother, Dietrich Hassler, um, who reveals that the bomb is set to go off on the 18th. Um, and I think they even mentioned that that's something like six days away from whatever time it is now. So mm -hmm. um, this is when CCH Pounder is like, see, we do the only the only thing we can do is have you get a face transplant <laughs> to find out this information um and unfortunately she's like this is a complete black bag operation which means that you can't tell your family about this you can't tell anyone about this the transition and change has to be complete and no one can tell um okay okay Problem number one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I know that what I would do is inconsequential, but like, 
no. That's always a recipe for disaster. It turns out to be in this movie. Don't not tell anybody. <laughs> like, you got to tell some people some shit. Because if shit goes wrong, you need someone else to know. And Well, and yes, and that comes out to be a problem later. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would honestly. And I know I'm not. I'm a specific person but if I were having a procedure like that and I understand they make it seem like it's real easy not life-threatening don't worry about it literally completely reversible (laughs) yeah I'd be like listen I'm getting a whole new face put on tomorrow like whole new body like just be like FYI (laughs) yeah I don't know I really think like I would not be able to not tell anyone that information and if I'm already somebody who works for the FBI my family would they would already have to know that like certain things are classified so like this is not to be public knowledge this is for you to know for safety purposes yeah you know I don't know I guess that's crazy I mean anyway I don't know anything about being a specialized government agent but I'm sure there are things where they absolutely say truly you cannot tell a soul um and to do so I'm sure there are and terrorism yeah, yeah, would endanger us all in more ways than if you were to I get it. someone. Um, I get it, and I know that that's true, especially for terrorism, but I still don't think I could do it. No, I don't <laughs> think I could do it either. But so he agrees, and then he returns home, and there's this tense moment because basically he says, and I don't think we ever really saw the previous conversation, but this is like, meant to be you know how um in relationships there's always like the go-to problem that like emerges and is like if we can't fight about anything else we can always fight about this sort of thing (laughs) um yeah and so for for eve and sean it seems like the thing that they can always go to to fight about is the fact that sean um like works too much and has gotten quite obsessive about Castor Troy in particular. And the implication Mm -hmm. is that this has really taken a toll on their marriage and on their family. Like he's not around. He's always working. He's Mm -hmm. always doing things that are extremely risky. Um, And Eve increasingly does not like this behavior. Um, yeah. I have to also assume he's probably like drinking a lot, you know, like there's all kinds of like, you know. Yeah. Um, so he had implied when they did their previous hug in the previous scene that he wasn't going to be doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then here he comes in and he's like, I'm sorry to tell you this. And she's like, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> oh, are you though? Are you though? Because you're still fucking doing it aren't you and we are right back <laughs> right back to fighting about the thing we've been fighting about <laughs> um you know like so they get into it um and she's basically like fine you know like and <laughs> i thought that was kind of interesting because I sort of was like, oh, I think this is the last time they're going to fight about this. 
I think Miss Eve <laughs> is going to be looking up a divorce attorney very fucking soon. Um, because yep. she's like, you know, when you get to that point, or maybe you don't, maybe you and Isaac still can keep the mileage of your go-to fighting reason going. But there's a point after which, when you've been fighting about the same thing for a long time, one of you, and sometimes both, but usually just one, finally gets to a point where it's like, I'm not going to fight about this anymore. I simply Mm -hmm. won't. And that is the seed that then is like, it's going to grow into the divorce plant. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly when, but that this person is over the it. Divorce plant. <laughs> and that's, oh, that's what I saw in Eve's face in this. She was mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. You're doing that. Got it. Yeah. You know, like. Have fun with that because mm-hmm. clearly you cannot get off this crazy train and I am I am off it now. I am not on it with you. Um, Which also means that I think the ending of this movie should have been very different. <laughs> indeed. You would think so. Particularly with how things continue to go in their relationship exactly. going forward. So then we are back at the Walsh Institute and we are preparing for this surgery. Um, and this is, we have another character actor here. Um, the character's name is Tito Biondi. We do hear the name Tito said a number of times. Um, and it's played <laughs> by Robert Wisdom. Um, and he's like, I'm not sure you really want to do this. <laughs> and Archer is like, I am going to do it though. Um, but he gives his wedding ring to Tito and is like, take care of this for me. Um, and what's interesting, I took a note of this. Uh, there's, I was surprised at how much setup there was and kind of how slowly the movie began because it's not till minute yeah. 33 that we get the face transplant operation. Because it's, because here's the thing. This movie's too long. Like I, I, I I don't, I appreciate most of the stuff that's in it, but it's like, it's 40 minutes too long. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. It's unnecessary. There's probably like three or four unnecessary fight scenes. Like, I don't know what it is that needs to be cut, but 40 minutes somewhere. (laughs) Well, I would, because it's two hours, 18 minutes, 40 maybe would make things too choppy, but easily 20 could come off. Like. I oh think. god. Um but anyway, we get this operation, we see lots of like vague images that make this seem like medicine's happening. Don't question it. Um but the thing that I thought was perhaps the most the thing I was most surprised by, let's say, um was that when a person's face gets burnt off with a burning laser like how they show in this one um it then gets sucked up as you said into that weird face mold but then gets <laughs> dropped into a bucket of clear goo that it just lives in potentially indefinitely like they were gonna put yeah sean archer's face like that was just living in that bucket until he was gonna come back. i know and in 
And not even like in like, and even if it was in the bucket, which also what, but like, it's not, it's in just an open room. Yes. Like open on the top. Yes. Like that's, it seems like a face. (laughs) Skin. I understand, like, whatever the goo is is probably, like, some type of formaldehyde dish right, type like of a thing, pres- maybe. preservative of um, some sort. Yeah, but even, like, when you think of, like, an avocado, it oxidizes in minutes. Right. And you're saying that you don't think, like, a face might, like... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You got to, like, put that somewhere more. It's got to be closed container. Yes. Locked, even preferably, just, somewhere. Even just for me, like... What I want if when my face gets taken off and put into face yeah. goo while I'm impersonating you for some reason, like, yeah, I want to know that my face and the face goo has a lid so that yeah, no like possible bit of a bug or something <laughs> could like be on the no, surface you, of that you goo. Know, no, 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 no. Because here's the deal. When I, when you take my face for whatever reason, I want to be able to like get up in the middle of the night, put your face on for a party and be like, boo, what's up? Uh, And we all know that just simply a lid would stop you from doing that. So that's like why they don't have it. Um, Yeah. Also interesting thing that I noticed here that in the process of doing the facial transplant, they're also doing a cut and dye job on uh john travolta to make him look like nick cage um and then they like jiggled around the face and i didn't like that like on the skin of the face when they were flapping it on they like jiggled it around now okay here's a question they basically cut to just some amount of time later and the bandages are coming off of what now looks like Caster Troy, but has the personality of Sean Archer. Wait, say that again? So, when they're taking off the bandages, we see Nick Cage. But we Mm -hmm. know that that's actually John Travolta's character inside. So, in my notes, I refer to this person as Archer slash Troy. So Archer is the personality, mm, okay. Troy is the face. Okay. So now I feel like this healing process would take a while. Absolutely. I mean, like, uh, I mean, don't... whatever you said at the beginning, I forget what you said was the recovery time. But it like weeks. Yeah, I would think. Oh, certainly. I mean, the whole recovery process sounds like for at least a solid year, there are varying things that you're doing. I just mean in a very simple way, like after this kind of invasive surgery, even if they could take the bandages off because they're saying now risk of infection is over and you're healing pretty well and whatever, um, you would still be super bruised, super swollen, yep. have like a visible scar <laughs> like thing happening. Um, and they basically make it seem like a couple hours passed and he now looks exactly like <laughs> Nick Kate. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the only thing that I thought was like, 
I mean, there's a couple things that are funny here, but the the thing that really was funny on top of all of this is the first time that Nick Cage says anything, he still sounds like John Travolta. Yeah, that was definitely weird. And then they... But it makes... At least it kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, that's like one nod to reality that this movie made. Um, <laughs> but then they jump right back into not caring about reality because they're like, oh, we've got a special microchip that will change the sound of your voice <laughs> to make it sound like this other guy. Um, and yes, they have now... Oh, now is the time they say that it's six days away from when this bomb is set to go off on the 18th. Um, so then they transport Archer Troy um, to this terrible hidden jail, like a black site jail. Um, yeah, what the F is this jail? Well, we'll see that it isn't that much of a black site because he's able to swim to shore <laughs> in no problem. Yeah, and... But is a black site that does that mean like a water jail? Is that like a thing? Uh, I don't know. Black site just means that it's an undisclosed location that like um, oh. is hidden from the books. So like if, for example, there was an inquiry into what is the FBI doing with X prisoner, there would be no record of any of that. Um, oh, so that's what this place is. Does that ex- is that a real thing? Yeah. Abu Ghraib oh. was a place like that. I don't know what those words are read. <laughs> Abu Ghraib was but, from Afghanistan, and there was that big scandal years ago where they found photos got leaked of American soldiers who were the prison guards there, like doing all kinds of terrible shit to the prisoners that were like oh, um, shit. Afghan, Afghan, and like uh, Arab and stuff, and suspected oh, wow. terrorists and things. Yikes. So, okay, so, like, being in a crazy, like, water jail is a real thing. I mean, I don't know how many jails are actually on the water like this. Um, So far, I've only seen this one and the one in Azkaban. But, like, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But Black Black Sight jails are real. Like, that is real. Okay. Um, And so this is where we have... John Carroll Lynch uh, appear as the sadistic prison guard who explains Mm. one, and this is a direct quote, the Geneva Convention is void here. Um, And the Geneva Convention is the product of World War II and it's all the rules about war crimes, crimes against humanity, and torture. Um, And so basically says... Fun. That doesn't apply here. So I can we torture people here, <laughs> torture the shit out of you as much as I want. Then um, Archer Troy is put into his magnet boots. Um, and we learn that in this prison, all of the prisoners wear these magnet boots um, to like basically lock them down and keep track of where they are at any time. And this will become important later. Um, yeah, he then arrives to the mess hall in this jail and all of the inmates are looking at him, um, because of course they think they're seeing Pastor Troy and kind of, I guess Mm -hmm. they assumed that he would never get caught or something. I don't totally know. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of look of shock on everyone's face. Um, 
Archer sees Pollux and tries to approach him, but then gets sidetracked by a man that in my notes I've referred to as an ugly Hemsworth or a good-looking Seth Rogen. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, poor Seth Rogen. Uh, I feel bad about that, but that is uh, what I am saying about I him. I get it, though. Um, and he's like an old, like, henchman from some other time in Pastor mm-hmm. Troy's life. But, like, Archer doesn't seem to recognize him. So there's already stuff, like, kind of going wrong in this plan. Particularly because Archer Troy doesn't really know how to act like Caster Troy. Um, (laughs) So then he, because, like, I guess the way that people start to wonder if it's really Caster Troy is that he beats up that other guy, like, straight away. But then doesn't kill him when he has the chance. And so that makes Pollux in particular think that this is not he might look like my brother but it's not my brother um now what was never supposed to happen as a part of this plan is that the real Castor Troy wakes up from his coma in Walsh Institute and this also is like a super Frankenstein-y moment where a person sitting on a gurney like literally just sits from the waist up like, and is in a <laughs> face bandage of like incredible situations. And he starts to like herka-jerkily walk around and he sees uh, Archer's face in the tank of goo. Um, and so then he calls, he basically organizes it such that Um, He brings Dr. Malcolm Walsh back in in the middle of the night. Um, And he's like, you're going to put this face on my face. Um, And there is a brief moment. I did enjoy this, not because I wanted to see what a faceless Nick Cage looked like, but rather how they shot it, which is the demon-like face of a person without face skin in the glasses of Dr. Wall. Like yeah. that I I really liked quite a bit. Um yeah. Meanwhile, back at the prison, Archer Troy has finally started to talk to Pollux, but Pollux is as I said already suspicious of this person. Um and Unfortunately, even though Archer Troy is in a position to know quite a lot about the brothers' relationship, um, so could kind of be convincing, one might imagine, um, I think what really makes things not work for this gambit is that he basically immediately is like, so, tell me about that bomb we're real both into, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Uh, um and I, I just get the impression that, like, the, the Troy boys, um, I think once they do a job, I don't see them revisiting it after the fact. They're not, that doesn't seem like... Yeah. They're more free-spirited than that. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a misstep. This is a bad misstep. But all the same, Pollux tells yeah. him that it's in the L.A. Convention Center, which turns out to be true, which is weird. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, 
Archer Troy gets brought back to his cell and he's told that he has a visitor. And what do we get to be revealed? You remember where the door slowly slides out of the way? Who's behind the door? Do you remember? Uh, it not it um, Troy as Archer? Correct. Um, so that is Troy Archer. So again, when I'm talking about the person who looks like Nick Cage, that's Archer Troy. When I'm talking about the person who looks like John Travolta, Tr- John Travolta, that's Troy Archer. So it's not confusing at all. I know. I mean, I was really struggling with how to like discuss this. Um, so then, of course, Troy Archer says like, "Ooh, you good looking," because of course he's talking about himself. Um, right. And I will say, I do think John Travolta does a better Nick Cage than Nick Cage does John Travolta. Agreed, but in in Nick Cage's defense, John Travolta has more to work with in terms yes. of the of like yeah Sean uh, Archer as a fun. he's got more of yeah. a caricature yeah Sean Archer isn't much of a character so yeah yeah I agree with that so then he reveals that you know it's like your plan fucking failed man um because now I'm you <laughs> and he says stuff like you know. Um, there is no proof that this ever happened. So I am just you. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine what's going to happen. Exactly, which is why which is why it was so dumb to do that very covertly. Right. Because he does. He is now when he admits that he killed everybody in the Walsh Institute too, and everybody who knew this was uh, experiment was happening. Right. Right. And then, yeah. and then so like, obviously, um, Archer Troy gets very upset and starts strangling Troy Archer because I think it's not just that he's threatening him and saying like now I'm gonna take over your whole life but also because he's like burnt the Walsh Institute to the ground with Tito inside mm-hmm. um now both of them are stuck in these bodies exactly and now he's literally in MFing jail like a bad jail and like a very bad yeah. jail um yeah and this dickwad is out, like, being like, I'm going to go call your wife. Yeah. Yeah, he sh- he goes right for that. <laughs> he is right there to be like, yeah, interesting. I'm going to go to your house and we'll see what happens. Um, and, that's it. and that's precisely what he does. Because the next scene is Troy Archer driving through their neighborhood. And he's looking around. And I do, I mean, there are some of these lines that are just so great. And one of them is, is as he's driving through this, like, <laughs> suburban town, or suburban neighborhood, he's like, I may never get a heart on again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that does not feel like a sexy neighborhood at all. Um, it just seems boring and very like milk toasty. Yeah. Well, and then what's even weirder is so then he pulls up, um, he like drives past their house and then backs back to the thing and sees Eve like leaving the house um and he does the old like take down my sunglasses and be like hey hubba hubba kind of thing at her um (laughs) and meanwhile she is like pissed the fuck off immediately like and she's kind of like i hope your mission went great so that divorce plant it's a growing um (laughs) and then 
uh, I think this is the part where also there's a weird close-up on Joan Allen's ass. Like he's taking it all oh. in or something. Um, mm. And I, I just was like, well, one, this is gratuitous. And two, like she doesn't even have that good of an ass. Like I was just like, what is <laughs> happening here? This is just a very average flat white woman's butt. <laughs> uh, I know things about butts were not quite the same in the late 90s as they would become very soon after. But like it's well, it's like written and directed by a man, you know, being like, ooh, a butt. I guess. A woman's butt. I guess. Exciting. I, I guess. I just I don't know. I was like, I don't get this. This is weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he goes into the house. She leaves for work. And he's looking through her journal, which is not cool. Um, and then I guess that's the other thing we're supposed to know is that whereas Archer knows a lot about Troy because he's an FBI guy, Troy doesn't know that much about Archer, like not to the same degree. And so mm. he's trying to get information um, yeah. that he can use. So he's looking through her journal. This is when he also comes upstairs and finds his daughter Jamie, well, not his daughter, you know, but, like, finds daughter Jamie smoking, but also in her underwear, which, with the door open. And, I mean... Okay, here we go. The thing is, it's like, clearly this is a strange family because of the face wipe thing. They're obviously weird. But, like, yeah. I don't get the impression far. that this is like a naked family or a like partially disrobed family like sometimes like we know that there are families yeah. that do that and it would be totally in in the context of whatever family like yeah we just kind of bop around without pants that's our thing mm. you know I mean it would be weird <sighs> may, but I'm I sure don't, it exists I don't like it I don't like it and I don't mean to judge but I don't like it Well and I don't I do think And I do think <sighs> that like if you were a pantsless family I think <laughs> that when you hit your teen years you might not be comfortable that has to be over. with that So you might like your parents might continue to be pantsless but you would be like I'm I'm putting on some sweats a hundred percent. Yeah. And yes, let like, let's be clear when I'm like being judgmental about it. I'm not about like kids who cares like that. That's what it, whatever. Yeah. But like once you're a teenager and like, uh, I mean, maybe it's my own weirdness, but like once you're a teenager, your parents should not see you in your underwear. Probably and not. More no. Specifically. And more Unless, like, did you pass you, out in the bathroom in your underwear and they heard fine. the thump? Fine. Like, or you're, like, <laughs> fine. You're, like, injured and, like, bleeding from the head, yeah. of course. Like, whatever. But, like, other than that, I do think it's inappropriate. And specifically for me, if it's a teenage girl and we're talking about the father. Like, that, there's something yeah. there that feels wrong. Not good. And that's, you know. Well, and the weirdest thing. Is what it is. The weirdest and most disturbing thing about this interchange is not necessarily that Castor in the body of Archer is looking at this daughter because that seems 
like in line with the character. But he is. But she seems kind of into it. And I was like, well, that's where that's your dad, as far as you know. Like, exactly. Exactly. And and he's getting, again, too close to her, like too, too close. One. OK, another part of if you're going to be a teenager in underwear close in like in where your parent can see you, don't be close to them. <laughs> <laughs> there should be like, a, he's a too solid close to her. social distance, six feet between you at all times. At least. <laughs> At least because then it's even at that point it's like you're kind of just getting like the idea of a person you're not seeing details and but no he's way too close to her and yes she also has a vibe that is weird and I feel like we're supposed to be okay with it because it's oh it's not really her dad but no well and I don't know if the 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 reaction that we're seeing from her is more like this is a side of dad I haven't seen. He's being rebellious. He's asking me for cigarettes. He says he's not going to tell mom. Like, is that what she's into? Or yeah, is it like, I hope it's that. Let's just not even say it. Let's just hope Let's say it's, it's that. Let's that. say it's that. Um, yeah, it's that. It's that. Yeah. Ugh. Meanwhile, back at the jail, um, Pollux gets released because he gets released by his brother pretending to be an FBI agent. Um, and this is when, um, and he's leaving and he's basically like, bye-bye, sweetie, bye-bye, bro, and like blows a kiss to fake Caster Troy. Um, right. And this is when, and then fake Caster Troy starts freaking out and says, I'm Archer, I'm Archer. And everyone's like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah, you're crazy. Um, but wait a second. So wait, he gets freed by the FBI agent. Do FBI agents have the ability to do that? Well, maybe he's not totally freed, but like then, because then Pollux is at the FBI office in an interrogation room. So I guess what his brother did as Archer is say, like I want to talk him for a. Yeah, I want to talk to yeah. Pollux. Bring him to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then they have this little confab together because Troy Archer explains like it turns out Pollock seemingly already knows what's happened so he's like okay you got it yeah he really gets on board fast with the whole like I'm me yeah thing and then he's like whispering and actually quite frankly a lot of people in this movie do. roll with it like they as roll we, with it yeah really like really I like I, I understand there's like when we get deeper in there there's some more skepticism on some people's parts but like not enough yeah <laughs> Um, like, yeah. So, and then Troy Archer explains to Pollux that he's like, you gotta pretend like you're confessing. And Pollux is like, why? And he's like, because I mm-hmm. now, now that I have this identity, we're going to pretend like we're going straight, basically. And that will give us even more power than we ever had before. That's the kind of plan. So Pollux then pretends like he gives the information. Um, Troy Archer then like says, I figured out where the bomb is. I'm going to defuse it. He like poo-poos the bomb squad away. They're like, we're having trouble with this. And he's like, I can figure it out in two seconds. And they're like, what? <laughs> um which, of course, mm-hmm. he does, and he dances around, just as Nick Cage did when he was setting up the bomb. He's, like, dancing around, like, 
and is very like comical in his uh approach to this whole bomb diffusing situation um mm-hmm. which he does and then of course he's a hero and then of course for some reason in this jail that is not meant to exist on the planet they get to watch the news mm-hmm. and so uh archer troy the one who looks like Nick Cage but has the mind of John Travolta sees that Troy Archer, the bad guy, is now being lauded as a hero. And he's basically like, mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. I need to come up with a plan. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the old Archer homestead, um, Troy Archer, fake Archer, bad guy, um, has made a fancy lobster dinner for his fake wife. Um, and he's like, I'm so sorry, honey. I've been distant. I've been terrible. But like now, truly, truly, I promise, 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 we will never have that fight again. And she's like, you seem different. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a way to put it. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. I get, like, clocking that someone is acting different. Like, I feel like that would be... And he is. He's acting a little bit weird. Very weird, maybe. Um, and that would... And I know that her first reaction is does like her first go to isn't like you fi- switched your face did didn't you right but like I, that would be my last thought in the entire world true if someone was acting true. strange I'd be like what like did you take a new medicine like what's happening are you okay like are you going through something I would never in my wildest dreams be like did you switch your face with somebody that's true in fairness to Eve this is not what you would expect to be happening as the explanation for why your spouse has totally changed their personality. Um, Yeah. And he's like giving her a foot massage and I can't remember, but I feel like it's implied that maybe some sexy times happen after this. Meanwhile, back at the jail, Archer Troy, the good guy um, is like, I got to get out of here. He's taking over my life. I need to figure out a way to do this. And so basically, I guess what he's figured out is that if he's got these magnetic boots on, he's never going to get off the island. And the only place that you can get the magnetic boots taken off is when you go into this weird torture room. Um, so that's what he does. He attacks a guard so that he's brought into the electric shock room where then they take off the boots um, and he works with another prisoner, and then there, this is an in-jail shootout action scene, um, and everything is basically chaos, and pretty much what ends up happening is that Archer Troy, the good guy, um, jumps off the roof of this fake prison, or no, not fake, just super <laughs> secret prison. But Water prison. <laughs> but then, then the thing that is so fucking nuts... Is So this prison is supposed to be super duper top secret. But in the shot where it shows Nick Cage jumping into the water, you can see the shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't too secret. So, like, I feel like people would be like, what's that building out in the water? 
Of course. (laughs) And like maybe even go out to it. And also it's close enough to shore that he swims. And it's not just like, and you would think like, okay, so secret hidden prison on the, it doesn't necessarily have to be off the shore of LA. It could be off the shore anywhere in the whole fucking world. But no, yeah. he literally like comes up on the beach of LA. And <laughs> He's at like the Santa Monica Pier. I know. He's like, oh, good. I know. And I'm like, what the fuck? If this is meant to be a black site prison, you have chosen the most stupidest spot possibly in the entire world for that to be. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, uh. What's happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, back at FBI headquarters, Troy Archer, bad guy, um, learns that Archer Troy, good guy, is dead in this big <laughs> kind of prison riot. But Troy mm-hmm. Archer, bad guy, is like, I gotta see the body. If I don't see a body, I won't believe it. And he's right. He's like, I want my fucking face back. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Um... Because that is exactly what has happened. Um, then we see, we I swear to God, we like see Nick Cage as Archer kind of like come up out of the water, steal a car. <laughs> and then he heads to the hospital where his wife Eve works. And he comes up behind her while she's doing work late at night. You know, what women love is when a man lingers in a doorway on a dark night. And waits for you to turn around rather than say anything. We all love that. That's <laughs> obvious. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh no, I jumped ahead a little bit. Sorry. He calls her on the phone and tells her this fucking crazy story. And she's like, go fuck yourself and hangs up the phone. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile... So, okay, I'm saying this wrong. Okay, so when Eve tells the good guy, Archer Troy, to go fuck himself, he's like, hmm, well, Troy Archer has taken over my life. Maybe what I gotta do is take over his life. And then Mm -hmm. we'll see what's what. So he goes to this, like, at first, I thought it was a warehouse, but then it seemed like it was an apartment. Um, and it seems to be the house of the Hassler siblings. Um, what are their names again? Uh, Sasha and Dietrich. So Gina Gershon right. and Nick Cassavetes. They live together. They're brother and sister. Um, they have what seems to be a mostly normal familial bond, unlike the Archer family. <laughs> um, and... And then I wrote in my notes, they're having a crime party. <laughs> so I guess that just means yep. it's a bunch of crime guys having a party. Um, and I, Yeah, it's just all like the baddies and they're having a party. And then again, we see this box of treats that uh, Pastor Troy is supposed to like comes out. Um, and then, then again, we see... So now... Like, Archer Troy, the good guy, is pretending to be the bad guy. And he's t- he's trying to whip up these crime guys. He's like, we got to go after Archer. And they're like, why? And he's like, I want to take his face. 
off. And he keeps doing this motion. Oh, God. He keeps saying that. <laughs> like a motion where he's that like was so weird. scooping his face off or something. Um, and then uh, Gina Gershon. And nobody finds that weird. No yes. one, everyone, I guess, seems fine with it. Um, yeah, they're like, yeah, totally. Take his face off. Yeah. Cool. So then uh, we get to some time alone. Gershon, Gina Gershon uh, is talking to Archer Troy, the good guy. Um, and it turns out that, like, Gina Gershon and Castor Troy had been an item in the past. Um, and that's when Archer Troy, the good guy, learns that the son that Gina Gershon has is actually Castor Troy's biological son. Um, mm, mm. And this is when Gina Gershon, like, so I guess Castor Troy never knew he had a son. Oh, okay. She, I maybe didn't get that part. Because she introduces this little boy named Adam. And she's like, this mm. is your daddy. So, like, I, okay. I'm pretty sure Castor like, Troy. That sounds like he didn't know. Yeah, that Castor Troy never knew he had a son until that moment. But, of course, Castor Troy isn't the one who's learning this. It's Sean Archer who learns that Castor Troy has a son. Um, mm -hmm. Now, conveniently or creepily, depending on how you look at it, um, when Archer Troy Probably creepily sees this little boy, it just so happens he's the exact same age as his dead son. So he mm -hmm. like brings the boy up in his arms and starts calling him Michael, um, which is his mm -hmm. dead son's name. And Gina Gershon is like, you're scaring him, leave him alone. But then um I think these are FBI snipers. Yeah, that's what it is. FBI snipers have like descended upon this house i guess because they got a tip that troy was there um so then we have another big shootout where gina gershon and john travolta are trying to shield uh this child or no not john travolta nick cage are trying to shield this child and get him out of this shootout um and these these action scenes are long they're very like, long like, don't don't get like don't get it confused like the reason the movie is long is because these action scenes are long yeah this lasts for minutes we see people dying we see the apartment from a variety of different angles um in fact mm -hmm. Dietrich even says and I did like this line he's like damn my place is getting fucked up <laughs> um <laughs> I love that because there's so many times in movies where like the environment is like oh man they are gonna have so much cleaning to do tomorrow yeah for <laughs> sure and so much paperwork um Ugh. so basically what ends up happening is that um gina gershon dies in this at some point and like kind of has a moment mm -hmm. where she says goodbye to caster who she thinks is caster um and then the only two people left are Castor and Sean. And then again, we're having kind of a symbolic fight where they're, they fire through a mirror at each other. Um, and in the process of that, uh, Troy as Archer uh, tells Archer as Troy that he had sex with his wife. 
So, you know. Do you think that's true? Do you think they actually did have sex? Yes. I, mean, I guess. Yes, because she, because when, mm-hmm. when everything is put back to normal at the end of the movie, she says to John Travolta, we lived as man and wife for a week. And he's like, I know. What? What does that mean? You don't say live as man and wife unless you're creepily talking about sex. But what? But like. Okay, that's gross. And also, she should be like, I was assaulted. Right. I am unwell. (laughs) Right. And I mean, we'll get there. But he does apologize to her about this. But we'll get there. Um, yeah. So, also in the context of this big gunfight, Pollux dies. Um, and so basically now both the good and the bad guy have nothing left to lose, which is never good. Um, no. So then, uh, wait, is this one? Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so then things are about to go r- even more off the rails because <laughs> Archer as Troy, the good guy, comes after this gunfight back to his own home. And mm-hmm. he finds his wife coming out of the shower <laughs> and <laughs> approaches her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, what us gals love is coming out of a shower to find someone in your home that you didn't expect to be there. <laughs> oh, I would scream. I do it now, even when I do expect someone who lives with me to be there. I scream every time. Um, yeah, that checks out. Um, but, <laughs> but then, to add insult to injury, this man who looks like the guy who killed her son says, I'm your husband. Here's what's happening. Um, we're about to be like in some serious shit with this guy. Um, and then he says this thing that we now know to be completely false about how face transplants work. He's like, mm-hmm. I have type O negative blood or something, and he has AB positive. And yeah. so that's how you'll know that I am me. Now, it's been a long time since our opening gambit, but for those of you who don't remember, um, you need to have the same blood type for any type of organ donation, including a face transplant. So this is absolutely not possible. But for the purpose of the movie, it has to be possible because she needs to be able to find out for herself that he's telling the truth. And this is the only proof that's left because Caster Troy burnt all the other proof. <sighs> that makes sense, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, he leaves. And then later that night, Eve takes a blood sample from the person who looks like her husband, but is not. She then goes to the hospital. She does the blood type test and discovers the truth. And Archer as Troy shows up does a face wipe on her and that's even more proof to her that what he said is true um and then he tells a story Mm -hmm. about their very first date which again proves what he's saying 
Um, and this is when she says that thing of like, but we lived together as man as man and wife for a week. So basically she is saying we had sex at least, Good at gross. least once, possibly more, depending yeah. on whatever a week yeah. for that couple means. Um, and that's, and then of course, Archer as Troy, like cries and he's like, I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. Um, and you're right. Like she, she seems kind of fine with it. Like, totally. Like she seems to be more worried if he's going to get upset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why should he get upset? He put you in that position. Like the, right. the person who is in the wrong in every possible way is your own husband. And it's, a, I guess it's a bit like multiplicity when we talk talked about how she had sex with all three versions of Michael Keaton. Um, right. Like, and I don't think in that case, she never knows that that ever happened, which is possibly worse. I think, I think, I th- yeah, you should know. True. I think you should know if that happened. Like if you slept with someone who Absolutely. you thought was your husband, it turned out to be that it was his worst enemy and the murderer of your child who was just wearing a skin suit to make him look like, Someone, you want to know that, I think. That's fucked up. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know if I want to know it, but I feel like I should know it. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, But she, again, I am kind of, like, this is surprising that she's like, I can roll with this punch, but are you cool with the fact Seriously. that I fucked this guy? <laughs> Seriously. Um, Which is such a wild thing. Like, um but oh but then again maybe it's the right reaction because she's like i didn't do anything wrong you did i mean she didn't do anything wrong right. but it's like it's still a betrayal and- it's a terror i think to me personally this is when the, the divorce plant would have reached full maturation and i'd be like yeah for sure i like here's the thing i maybe still love you and i maybe have some very complicated feelings based on this information who wouldn't (laughs) but the thing is though this has soured things so much i can't continue to be in this relationship even if i love you even if i forgive you even if i understand every single reason why this happened i am done i'm done because yeah this is exactly this thing we've been fighting about for the past six years which is your job is ruining all of our lives. And here is yeah. an even more egregious example of that. Yeah. <laughs> she's way she's way too forgiving in, in just a general sense. Indeed. Um, so now cut to uh oh yeah, in the gunfight or somewhere in the mix, um, one of the FBI guys gets killed. And there's going to be a funeral for him. And both the bad and good guy and their respective... Oh, no, Gina Gershon isn't dead yet. And their respective partners. So Gina Gershon and Nick Cage, John Travolta and Joan Allen, they're all getting ready for this funeral for this FBI guy. Um, Because Nick Cage... uh, Want, I don't really understand what he thinks he's going to do, but this, everybody seems to know that this is like the <laughs> moment where the confrontation needs to happen. 
So mm-hmm. we go to this church. It's a very ornate Catholic church. Lots of red walls, lots of gold uh, kind of frames and a lot of shots of Jesus on the cross. Um, what is really wild about this to me is that the priest is doing the mass in Latin, which is not mm. a thing people were doing in 1997. No. So I guess that's just part of John Woo's kind of stylistic choice because also the church is lousy with white doves that are flying in and out <laughs> for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. And like, Again, the whole thing is here is like, I like nature to be outside of my home. Yeah. And I certainly don't want birds, multiple birds inside of a building with me because then they'll be crapping all over the place. And and birds peck at you. They are not good to be around. So it is very weird that this church has such a like open door policy toward doves yeah then yeah i'm I'm not into it and it's by the water so really the birds that would be in there are not doves but seagulls which is like some of the grossest type of bird you could ever have i mean they're known as flying rats like no thank you exactly um but we need these because there are various shots that are about to happen where like someone's about to shoot a gun and the birds fly up in a swan you know like and it's like a whole thing um (laughs) And so once the service is over, we have the final, one of the final um, face-offs between Troy as Archer and Archer as Troy. Um, mm-hmm. And this is when we have kind of a Mexican standoff where the two of them are pointing guns at each other. Gina Gershon is pointing a gun at Eve. Then somebody else shows up behind them. It's also like a very cherry... 2000 situation if you remember that where it's like someone keeps coming out of the woodwork and putting a gun behind somebody else um <laughs> thing and then then truly all hell breaks loose people just start shooting nick cage has like takes his two golden guns and is crossed <laughs> crosses his arms and shoots that way Oh my god, a classic. Love it. Uh, which, I mean, it looks cool, but I don't think is great for marksmanship purposes. Absolutely not. And also, I, we didn't really, like, go into, like, the first, like, when they're doing, like, the airplane fight and, like, there's a, after the airplane crashes and they have another, like, fight, just the two of them, like, like some gunfight. They are incredibly lucky with being hit 0% of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, we end up in a situation. Not even a flesh wound no. of any kind. No. And in this case, we end up with a situation where pretty much everyone in the Mexican standoff dies. And this is when Gina Gershon <laughs> dies. And she's like in mm. the arms of Archer as Troy. And she's like, please take care of Adam. And so... Then somehow Eve has gotten away. Jamie, the daughter, shows up. Um, Eve has called the FBI. Jamie then sees these two middle-aged men kind of like almost cartoon style, like rolling in a ball around each other, fighting. Um, and she's like, what am I seeing? 
Um, so she pulls out a gun and shoots at uh, her, well, she shoots at her father, but she doesn't know it's her father because it looks like Caster Troy. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. um, bad guy Caster Troy, who looks like her dad, comes up behind her, grabs her, takes her as a hostage, but also licks her face. It was so weird. Yeah, and so then this is when um, Archer as Troy is trying to convince Jamie, like, I'm your father, this is an imposter, you know, like, we need help. Um, and that's when Jamie stabs Troy as Archer in the leg so that everybody can get away. Um, and I think she even says something like, what planet am I on? And I'm like, sweetie, <laughs> who knows? Truly. This is planet yeah. fucking Earth, I guess. I don't know. Um, and this then, now we're outside of the church. We're right by the water. And this is when we have the final boat chase, um, which when I was looking online, this is like the action sequence in particular that was like the real head uh, turner, like the real showstopper. Because boat chases are pretty rare, I think. I think so. And I think probably especially back then, um, <laughs> like... Yeah, we don't see a lot of boat chases, I guess. And certainly not, like, I would I say so. that the reason why this boat chase was interesting to watch was it felt like a car chase. Like, it was yeah. done in that way. Um, there's a lot of explosions, of course. Oh um, yeah. some, of the, some of the highlights of this for me was that there's one part where, like, one of the boats has already been exploded, and so they're both on the same boat. And the guy, a Nick Cage, the Nick Cage character, has somehow fallen off the boat, but is hanging on to a chain and is being dragged <laughs> on the side of the boat through the water at great speed. Mm -hmm. And then it's got to mm -hmm. be a stuntman. But, like, then we get a shot of the person who is supposed to be Nick Cage, like, quote-unquote, water skiing. Holding on to this chain Just on his feet, on his shoes, <laughs> <laughs> on his shoes. He's yeah, it's so crazy. Um, so ultimately, uh, the scene ends with the boat kind of crashing and both of them being thrown out of it. And much like in Kung Fury, we see two bodies in front of a big screen of flame. Um, and then we're on this like shore along the river i guess we're at a river i don't totally know or if this is the ocean or what but they're fighting some more and finally the way uh troy as archer gets subdued is that archer as troy shoots him with a harpoon gun which seems <laughs> rough um yeah but now finally the police have been called um, I can't remember if CCH Pounder makes an appearance in this final bit of scene or what, but everyone is like, we know what's happening and don't worry, like, we're gonna change your faces back and we, we got it, like, and I was like, that, really? Like, you think, wow, okay. Um, and so then, um, we get to the hospital because apparently even though Dr. Walsh is dead, they have the quote unquote like best surgeons in DC who are going to like help in this scenario mm -hmm. to turn everything back. And this is when 
Archer as Troy is like, remember how I wanted that scar back? But like, how can he have his scar back because the whole building burnt down? So like, were they just going to make a new scar that looked like the old one? I have no idea. But anyway, he's he's like, I don't need it anymore. And I guess what we're meant to understand is like he has healed from the trauma of his son dying. Um, yeah. So the final scene is a real... It's meant to tell us that the Archer family, though they've been through a lot... It's fucked up. ...will be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Because we get the reveal, Archer has been turned back into himself. I don't... Are we supposed mm. to assume that Caster Troy is dead? I think so. Okay. I didn't really catch when he died. Okay. But that's my guess. Because they have a... He still keeps talking even when he's got the harpoon in him for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think the assumption is he's dead. Okay. It's got to be, right? I I think. I don't know. Maybe that's what the sequel will be about. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So he comes in. He's been turned back to how he was. The family all hugs. The daughter is now dressed in, quote, unquote, normal clothes. So she's fine now. She's not traumatized by anything. Um, <laughs> and then he does a face wipe on her I if I remember correctly and then he's like mm -hmm. hey gals um bit of a fun pitch here from me uh what do you think about this and then he brings <laughs> Ginniger Sean and Caster Troy's child Adam out um and is like what if he yeah. lives with us and I don't remember if they actually say anything but then Jamie the daughter face wipes him and i guess that means yeah, yeah, yeah. sure be a part of the family we're into it mm -hmm. and then archer and eve kiss and the movie is over it's so weird it's like after all of this we're let's raise a, a, somebody else's child yeah i mean i know that that's nice because I don't like to think of that little boy, Adam, having to go into, like, the foster care system. And, like, Dina Gershon, there's numerous or at least two times in the movie where you learn that she is trying to raise her son to be different than his father. Um, like, she's like, never touch any guns. I don't want you to do that. You know, like, so yeah. it would be sad if that we if we as the viewer were to pause and think, well, whatever is going to happen to that kid now? Like, yeah, both of, of his parents are dead and his uncle is dead and, you know, the foster system, plenty of people get out of it okay enough, but, like, it's also a place where kids get turned into criminals, you know, like, or get this, Absolutely. you know, so you're just like, oh, God, I hope, you know, so on the one hand, you're glad, I guess, that's not happened to this little boy. Um, but on the other, I'm like, it seems like not awesome to... No, because they're just replacing right. the, their little kid. Right. They've, they're, they're, it's going to be weird for that kid. Yes. Like, I, fingers crossed, hopefully it's great. It's going to be probably pretty weird. I, in that sense, I almost think that maybe foster care would be better because then they're like, you are Adam. And we'll just yeah. deal with you as you are. This is going to be some sort of crazy, like, 
you are Michael. Yeah, like go into your bedroom. Yeah. And oh, it's just like yeah. how our son's was because you're the exact same age as when he got killed and it's like never been changed. Maybe. And like. Maybe the sequel is Adam grown up becomes a terrorist too, like his ooh. actual dad because he was like his born bad it was so weird born bad from the start yeah um maybe i like i did try and see if there was even a brief description of what this sequel was but it, there, that's nowhere on the internet so far um yeah but yeah i feel like maybe that divorce plant is still growing let's just say yeah. that <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it it might be for now just holding at a certain size um but it may continue to yeah. grow after this movie's action concludes yeah. um yeah so now that we've done this monster dive into face off um i think our discussion of it was slightly shorter than the movie's running time but not by much um <laughs> yawns and eye rolls for yawns, one yawn is edge of my seat nonstop thrill ride. And ten yawns is this was like watching paint fry. What would you give it? Whoa. I think I'm going to go two only because it's too long for me. Yeah. Um, And it's still, you know, it's still close to like edge of the seat thrill ride. But it just like they're like eh, a little bit shorter. It would have helped me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I will also give it a two because um, I don't even know that where I would cut the time from exactly, but um, it could. Yeah, because the story is very like brief. Yeah, it could. <laughs> but I think some of the action scenes could be cut. There's like there's cut down definitely something that could be done slightly differently to make it. As I said, yeah. I don't even need it to be forty minutes shorter. Even twenty would make me happy. It would be a helpful. Um, yeah. And then in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is like, you know, suspension of disbelief. I'm fine with it. Um, and then 10 eye rolls is like, I just can't accept any of this. What would you give it? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough because like on the one hand, yeah, like I buy it like I can buy into it it's fun it's whatever this on the other hand like I did laugh out loud at some of the scenarios like multiple times just like so wild and crazy um so I do think I have to say like probably like seven it's like pretty fucking crazy yeah like it's pretty fucking crazy it's well done crazy but it's crazy yeah agreed I think I'm on the same page with you and also give it a seven for precisely the same reason which is like <laughs> handled differently and with less money this would be like yeah what am i looking at <laughs> like, because the truth is like we yeah exactly because even like we said cut or i said cut some of the action sequences without those you do focus more on the story which then you would be like whoa <laughs> right right what's happening but because they had the budget to blow up a lot of stuff you kind of got distracted <laughs> indeed Indeed. And because the actors yeah. really did, like, commit to what they were doing. And the doing. actors were good. Um, yeah. But the thing is, it's like, now I think I, I think probably we can, this can be a segue into final thoughts and would you, did you like this? Would you recommend it? But, like, I said this before we started recording. 
This was the second time I've watched this movie within two years. And mm -hmm. I hardly remembered any of it from the first time I watched it. Like, there were whole chunks where I was like, this happened? Huh. That never registered with me. Um, now, I that may be just because the whole first year of the pandemic, I've actively erased from my mind. Um, but at the same time, I was like, maybe because so much of this doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, no, I well, I felt the same way. I've seen it before, too. And I was like, I remember the first, like, 20 minutes. I was like, wait, what's happening again? <laughs> yeah. Even though I knew, like, I kind of had a baseline knowledge of what was, like, the deal. But I'm like, I was thinking that if someone had never seen it before, they'd be like, what are these two people's relationship to each other? Yeah. What? You know? Yeah, for sure. So then. But, uh, do you have more to say? No, I was just going to whatever. Okay. Um, so then finally, uh, did you like this and would you recommend it? Yeah, I think yes and yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I think I would tell people it's crazy, but I also feel like it's known to be crazy. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. It's it's fun. It's like, I'm not going to, I have, yeah, it's fun. And I would say to people, if you like uh kooky action film go for it yeah yeah I'm also a yes and yes if you like if you like Nick Cage yeah yeah um I'm a yes and yes but I would say this I actually having watched it a second time um felt like it wasn't quite as crazy as I imagined it would be based like when you hear it's described you're like oh this is gonna be like fucking wild and it is that yeah for sure but again, because the like execution of it is done really well. Seriously. Um, well, and it's done very seriously, right. right? It feels like the movie believes this is real. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, for I sure. Think... Everyone has bought in like from yeah. top to bottom, all cast and crew, everybody involved. This is not, this is not that, campy. I think that is the case. No, I think it is the case. I think I... Again, uh, uh, not to like keep coming back to, but I believe on the How Did This Get Made episode, they played uh, audio of John Woo talking about how basically he believed this could happen. <laughs> oh, God. So, <laughs> so there's that. That is concerning to me, but um, <laughs> not that you need our concerns, John Woo, but we hope you're okay. Um, and And it's possible that now... Post-2021, post-45 face transplants already done all over the world. Yeah, he may world. have changed his tune on that, um, but... Maybe not. Maybe in some time this could maybe happen. Maybe it's possible. Who's to say? Um, well, yeah. thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. Um, and these weeks, I guess I should say, on <laughs> See You Next Week in Space uh, for our start of our summer blockbuster series. Um, I am Sarah, and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.